You don't just start playing baseball and then instantly make it to the major leagues. You have to work hard to get there. You have to have a game plan to get yourself to be the MVP. The Most Valuable Producers podcast is not for the average agent. You can't be average to become the MVP. Just like in the big leagues. You can't just be a one or two or three tool player. You have to be a five tool player to become the MVP. You can make a difference in someone's life every single day in this job, in this career, in this industry. What's your game plan? This is your host of the show, Mitch Gibson. You are listening to the MVP Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on? Mitch Gibson with the MVP Podcast. Uh, It has been... I was trying to, before we got up here, I was trying to uh, to look and see when the last episode was out, but I know for a fact the last episode was, it had to have been June, but for the last time that one of these episodes was out. So I apologize. My life got pretty hectic there for quite a while. Um, and I'm back on the saddle though. There's been a lot of really, really fun, cool things, exciting things that have been happening in the, in the world of insurance. Um, I had to get back on the train here and get some get some topics out to you about some things that I've learned and that that even a lot of young agents who I got to meet um, if, about a month and a half, few months back at the AI Brainshare conference. So being able to meet some people there and cross, you know, bounce some ideas off each other and learn from some of the greatest uh, insurance agents in the in the country really got me inspired and fired back up again and, and the spark that I needed after going through some things um, in my life, but. That's kind of the reason why I want to kickstart back up uh, the MVP podcast with some with some topics that that we learned and that myself and and actually I got Sean Kirby. You've heard him a couple of times. He's probably my I guess one of my favorite guest interview because I've had him on uh, a few times now. But uh, we we conversate really well together. And Sean was at the uh, Brainshare event as well. I wanted to get you know Sean's input on kind of some things that they had learned at Brainshare that they have put into play or that they've taken away from Brainshare. Because I think we all, you know, we all we all go to these conferences and, and expect to learn, you know, something different uh, than than what we, you know, at least something that we learned while we were there that we could take away with us and implement, you know, as soon as we get back to our agencies or whatever it might be. So in this case, Sean, this was your first type. This probably was one of your first, I guess, bigger, you know, out of state conferences that you'd went to. Um, it was the first time I had met a lot of people that I had just you know, met with over the last year and a half virtually because of COVID. So being able to put familiar faces with people's names and voices with people's names in the, you know, in the podcast world, uh, in this industry and, and, and hearing some of the best speakers. I mean, goodness, Marcus Sheridan, um, got to hear him talk about, you know, his processes and things that he's done to kill, kill the uh, world of fiberglass pools. Um, and, and we'll kind of dive into that, but, sh- but Sean, thanks for taking time. Uh, we were, you know, we were recording some things in the studio and I said, we've got to get you know, your top five things or uh, five ideas that you took from the uh, brain share. So nice to see you again, man. Hi. Yeah. We just talked for an hour and a half. So um, I will say nice to see you. Nice to see you back on the uh, agency intelligence airwaves, my friend. I'm happy to be now on what I think is either the third or fourth episode fourth. of yours. Don't um, roast me too bad fourth. Yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, when you're limited on, um, you know, people, sometimes you just, you, you scrounge up the guy from the bottom and uh, that's where I'm at. I'm just like that. <laughs> the gum on the bottom yeah. of your shoes. Yeah. I just keep coming back. Nobody can get rid of me. So I do appreciate it. And you've helped me, uh, you've helped introduce me to this. Um, well, actually the only reason I got an invite to brain share was you anyways. So I do appreciate the, the help, man. Absolutely. So 
from Brainshare. Yes. We could talk about all day, and I know nobody wants to hear the things that I learned, even though they will. But there were so many great speakers. There were so many people outside of even the room, you know, from when we were in the conference, outside of those walls. I mean, you're learn- constantly learning from people. And, yeah. and, and, you know, you're getting it from people all over the, out west, up north, northeast, south, southeast, southwest. I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing a lot of, you're, you're meeting a lot of people that are from all types of the country. So there's no way that they're doing or selling even the same types of stuff you are. So for me, I knew, you know, going in there that I just needed to, to, to be a sponge, learn as much as you can, type out, write out, you know, highlight, make as many notes as you can, because uh, there's no way you're going to be able to catch it all. What were some of the few, you know, top five things that you, I guess, jotted down or, or you know, brought back here and, and put put into a play with a performance group or, you know, have plans to do so? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we all met down in uh, sunny San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I do think it might have been the first vacation I had been on in a while. And I call it a vacation because I kind of did this as a twofer um, or a threefer. I took that as a business expense, an education uh, resource, as well as me and my pregnant wife went down for what I called our baby moon. So pregnant. For, for during the days while I was actually at the uh, conference, my wife was running around getting her hair blown out, getting massages. Spending Sean's money. She works really hard for her money. <laughs> okay. um, so she she's a blast. We went out to dinner every single night. Everybody was, you know, stayed close to the hotel. Casey and I went and found some, my wife's a foodie, so we spent spent a lot of time doing stuff. So it was nice to have, you know, very hyper-focused um, moments with the conference and meeting people that I never thought I'd get to meet, as well as, you know, the moments with my wife where it was nice and easy. And I only threw up once. So it was a nice, easy conference. <laughs> Touche. Same. So, you know, it's um, it's who you know, not what you know. So let's talk about what I learned. Um, so I will say that uh, BrainShare is a very intimate thing. Um, I've been to conferences in the past and they are very um, broad and you're trying to figure out, you know, there's a thousand people, there are 500 people. This was 125 people. So like when you're in a session, everyone has a voice. You get to meet every single person there. Whether or not everybody has a voice or not, you don't want to say anything. Yeah. You got called out on people. People were calling, I mean, they'll give you the mic for you to answer. Yeah. I love that. It was crazy. And then also Ryan Hanley's way taller than I thought. Yeah, like you thought see his was, picture online. He, you don't, think he looks a, like he's 5'10". Yeah, he's a giant. Um, <laughs> I, That's just something about Ryan. But like, Was Cass as short as you thought he was? And he's the same height as me, so like, I don't know. Cass is not the same height as you. Yeah, he is. Cass, Cass isn't that short. He's oh, the same height on. as you are. And we're not the same height. What are you? How, how tall are you? 5'11 uh, and 3 quarters. <laughs> I'm like five, 10 and three quarters close enough. I'm just, I'm just playing with you, but yes, go ahead. Yes. So, um, meeting people was interesting. I thought that was a blast. And then, you know, the, you know, like a lot of people say about conferences is the things you learn outside the classroom, you know, because it's so small group based the people you meet at the, you know, hotel bar and have those extra conversations with, I made some people at the breakfasts and the lunches just had 15 minute conversations that, may have shaped my business for the rest of my life. Just like quick, what if you did it this way? Sure. And I was like, what if we did it that way? <laughs> so it was really cool. Um, one of the speakers was Marcus Sheridan, um, the king of fiberglass pools. Um, I know you told me that you wanted five things that I learned. I think I got five things just from him. So we're, well, we'll, it's fine. We'll hit them all. We'll hit those five. Yeah. So um, Marcus Sheridan is the king of they ask you answer. So 
rather than, um, you know, putting on blogs of how long your agency has been in business and telling your story, he believes in content marketing in a sense that you take every question somebody asks you and you write a blog about it. And if they ask you twice, then you do a video about it. So his whole thing is how do I answer those questions to where somebody types in into Google, I'm the first answer. I'm always the first answer. And then that's, you know, obviously for him, it's, it's blown up his business. But one of the beautiful things that uh, he said, and this is, you know, I'm not going to name them off one, two, three, and four and five, but one of the beautiful things he said was tell them your price. He said, what is the number one thing people want to know when they go on your website? They want to know how much it costs. Sure. And everybody goes, well, we can't tell them how much insurance <laughs> costs. He said it much better than I did. And um, he goes, well, then just tell them how, what it doesn't. He said, tell them what drives cost up, what drives cost down, what you can do to lower your costs, um, what causes costs to go up, and then, you know, the other manageable things in, around it. And just give them variables. That way they know how that they can gauge their price from the outside looking in. And then you don't have to give them a price. Sure. But you gave them an answer. You did, and it makes them become more curious. And they're going to ask, well, one question leads to another question, too. And it's going to lead to the next blog, or it's going to lead to the video, or it's going to lead to, okay, maybe we do need a quote. And then coming off the quote, what a, one of the beautiful things, like I was telling you earlier, um, he talked about it as assignment selling. So he was in the fiberglass pool business. So he would, somebody would come in with an inbound lead, and then you send out the guy to go give him an estimate. So he would curate this, you know, PDF, whatever, with all of the questions that they will answer or they will ask because he's been on so many appointments. Sure. And he has them fill that out on the front end. So he sends it to them. It's That's their assignment. Hey, I want you to go ahead and take care of this. See, he didn't call it a questionnaire. It's an assignment. I think that's a big key word that I took away that he was saying was the word assignment compared to questionnaire. Cause I'm like, man, we could, we've got all these questionnaires. We, you know, depending on the type of business we have to fill out sports and leisure questionnaire, you know, a one day event questionnaire, make it to where it's almost like homework. That, it it's a, you must like, I think the word questionnaire scares people. Well, you want the, and his, the way he was saying it is you want your prospect to value you. Yep. So you call them the day of your appointment say, Hey, I just want to make sure that you got that assignment done. They say no, say, okay, let's reschedule. Put it back in their court in the sense that you want that person to be bought in because they're going to be bought in. It's going to save you X amount of time when you get there because the questions are answered. Or they've already thought through whatever you have in your proposal, but your proposal is just broad, right? Sure. So it's answering the questions that they may have. And then they can kind of ponder things before you get there. That way, those are out of the way. So you're just having a direct conversation. It's a yes or it's a no. And I thought about it and I was like, that's the buy-in. It's the buy-in. It's a mutual contract when you sell insurance, right? The client buys in, right? The client buys in, the company buys in, and you are the intermediate. So why shouldn't there be a social selling contract that, hey, if I'm going to come in, take my time and do this with you, again, we're not selling $40,000 pools here. And people look at insurance as a takeaway or a throwaway product from a quote perspective, especially, you know, small personal lines. So now I create this social contract. Hey, you know, you're going to do this for me. I'm going to do this for you. Here's the plan. This is what you have to do for me to do what you want me to do. Correct. And then, you know, now you've got the give and take on both sides of the string. And I thought that was, I thought that was beautiful. I thought that was, I use it now with ordinary conversation. Hey, you know, since I'm going to go ahead and come over and see you, why don't we go ahead and get this done? That way, you know, we've got a game plan when I get there. Otherwise, you're going to spend an hour talking about trying to get something done before you actually get anything done. Correct. I'm here to get something done. I'm here for a signature. And 
what that goes back to, I think I talked about this in maybe one of the, oof, this might have been the Bradley Flowers episode or maybe even a guest hosted episode back back in December, January, February. Um, but what that leads to is you've just set the, you've set the table. Like from the beginning, he has, you know, them as the, as the pool company, you know, the, the king of fiberglass pools, whatever the, I forget what his company was called or whatever. Um, he has set the table with his, with his customers or prospects or even whoever it might be before he has even talked to them about the product physically. And I think we all do such a bad job of the sale, the sale, the sale immediately. We forget about the steps before that, that make, the sale easier for the consumer and for yourself. It starts with setting the, setting the table, setting the expectations. Here's, if you're going to do business with HRM insurance, this is how we do it. And here's how, here's our steps. I, I can honestly say that it's, it's in the makings right now because I didn't realize how bad it was. Our processes were not good. He's doing it this way. She's doing it that way. I'm doing it this way. Yeah, that's, that's, there's no reason we should be doing that. Why are we trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel four different times? Yeah, the the flare comes, personality flare yeah. comes wherever it comes, but the core process has to be the Correct. same. So, um, you know, I think Marcus is obviously a very smart guy, especially with, you know, he does everything is the, you know, you ask the answer, content marketing, and he's cultivated that the people that are calling him are interested. That's the reason they're reaching out. So he's a lot of inbound stuff. So it's not that, hey, I can do this. Hey, I can do this. So it's not that chasing feeling. It's now, hey, I've got you in my spider web. So now let's talk through. You've It looks like you've read X amount of articles because he can pull that information from his website. So I know that you understand the product. Let's go ahead and complete this. And when I'm coming, I assume I'm coming for a signature and a check. I assume that's what I'm here for. Because they've, they've already... Prepared themselves he's for what built his buying. funnel to where the only people that are coming through his funnel are the ones who are ready to buy. Correct. So your your close ratio is pretty high at that point. So I thought that was beautiful. And you're gonna you're gonna get the tire kickers out of there, especially if you tell me price. Which again, I don't have a pricing sheet on my website still. It's still something I mean to do, but I am getting an advisor involved, which I'm sure is a sponsor he just said that. That was, that was non intended. Uh, but I am getting a site lift. So when we do our site lift, it was something I was going to talk about building out with them. So it's it's just, you know, those little things that you don't think about that you know that there's web traffic yeah. that aren't filling out the quote requests because they don't know the price because nobody wants to just get a quote. But they also don't know what it takes to get a quote. Sure. Hey, these rates aren't dictated by us. We have multiple carriers. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to find the right place. But this is what causes prices go up, prices go down, you know, what keeps them the same and where should you be? Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. 
We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation, and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at Virtual Intel, that's with two L's, that's Virtual I-N-T-E-L-L.com. Go check us out, see what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology, delivered right into your agency, and you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just, there's so much stuff, I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel, cast certified. seen it i just wrote one too i'm excited because that's funny you said that that's the one thing i wrote in big quotes from marcus was you know why is it driving price up why what drives rate up yeah oh well, here's the, the other comment who's, who's expensive and why and who's cheap and why Correct. so that is like you put the guy code down that's why they're expensive you put chubb up here because they're high net worth and like the, those are the things because then they can go okay that makes sense now i understand now i'm ready to move forward Sure. I couldn't think of through that through until you said that. I mean, I've been trying to say that the whole time. I loved it. But it was almost like a time, not like a timeline, but like a like a cheat sheet. Oh, I love him. So I I, I love him, Marcus. I love you, Marcus. Um <laughs> I am a but yeah, no, Marcus Marcus Sheridan's a really cool guy. And then you had Chris um this freaking hat on the flood guru. Chris Green. <laughs> Chris Green. He's but the he's a guy that, you know, he took this to heart, the content marketing. And, you know, I know he's a big student of Marcus Sheridan. And, you know, say what you will, it worked. What was it? I mean, I forget. He, it was some odd number. He was like on what? A thousand and one. A thousand and one videos was, was that, that, day. that day. Yeah. So he, for a thousand, day, a thousand days in a row, produced and published, posted a video, single video. Flood content. Flood content from a flood, same, different flood zone. It's the same thing every day. Just a different area. It's different. It's, it's, a, it's genius, but it's the, he has, he bought in yeah. to and, what Marcus was teaching. I mean, heck, the dude's, the dude did it. Like, he can't lie to you that it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, there's this raw numbers that are showing you. So there it goes the same thing. I think I asked you this a long time ago on a show is if you gave, someone gave you the playbook, you're going to take it and run with it or are you going to eh, fold it up, put it to the side and I'll get to that next week when I get time. So same, same, same kind of strategies. Um, have you done any video content marketing differences, changes since then? No, that's coming. That was September. So, um, it is currently November. Um, I came back home and, um, we are expecting our second child and I am one of those guys that keeps pushing things off. However, I do know that I want to make it part of my morning routine to where I come back into my, you know, recording studio and just sit there and I got it. What I need to decide, especially with my LinkedIn is I need to decide who's my audience because we do tax accounting, insurance, financial services in our office. We have a very broad scope and um, I don't want to be seen as a generalist because what we do is it's small business. So what I need to do is I need to double down on, you know, whatever that is to kind of get things figured out. But to find some more things that I learned while we were there, um, I will say that time blocking from the great- Yes, I'm so glad you said that. The great Billy Williams. Um, I've not ever been a calendar time blocker. I've been like a mental, I put sticky notes on my desk sure. once. But when they're sticky notes, they're sticky notes. They're not on your calendar. Nobody else knows. So I started marking my calendar really hard. I have a Calendly. So um, that keeps people from- our booking time with me during these certain hours. So I book cold calls on Wednesday mornings. I book, you know, like certain things. I get off half day on Friday chasing daughters, stuff like that. So I had taken that into heart on 
actionable tasks time blocking, and that's helped a bunch. What about you? That's probably one of the single most, my favorite things that I've taken, taken away that has affected my work life or my work schedule and productivity. Um, not on, on top of the time blocking stuff that, that, that Billy talked about, um, the, the whole, you got to have the prioritizing, you got to have, you got to have what is a priority every single, like what, what out of this list is my priority? If those things don't get done, other things are going to fail the next day. Yeah. You know, so, so understanding that, you know, yes, these are attainable. These, these, these two are, you know, these three or five things are attainable that I need. These are priority. And out of those five, what are the top two priority ones? Those are where I start. If I don't get those two things done, well, guess what? <laughs> you're you're going to be behind. So the, the account, you can't miss the accountability. It's staring you right in the face. So it's helpful with the accountability, but also same thing. So I'm spending Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. And that is all cold calling, prospecting, building pipeline, stuff like that. That's all, that's all new business related. That's it. Wednesday is all personal lines quoting that that has helped me out so much where I'm not stressing or thinking about, Oh, John Smith called last night or, you know, put, did a submission for a quote. I'm going to get home tonight and do it. Yeah. I know it's Tuesday. (laughs) Know that I'm going to be tomorrow. That's what I'm going to be focusing on is quoting all those home and auto insurance policies, whatever it might be. So time blocking and understand the, the, the importance of prioritizing what's got to be done. But also understanding that you said it, you said it before, family's got to come first. Knowing that if I had a drop of the hat right now, if I got a call, knowing that I'm going to have to pick up everything and go if it's for my kids. You know what I'm saying? So don't be the person that's got to list this, you know, three sheets long because you're so backed up because you don't prioritize what needs to be done. Time blocking was huge. Um, I loved David Crothers' lead with cyber, and I know it replicates a lot of the lead with comp. Um, but running a risk analysis saying, Hey, I'm Mitch Gibson with HRM insurance insurance services. I love to run a risk analysis on your website because in the area we've had X amount of people that have been, you know, part of a data breach and there's been eight of us in the office that have been a part of one, whatever it might be. And getting the chance to write a, you know, to look to, to run a risk analysis through some third party company going through the back end that way and then asking them to look at their property and cash, you know, their, their standard property and casualty property, GL in the Marine professional um, comp in your state or in, in, in your mind, you've got the tax portion of it. That all has to be protected. If they're using computers data, you know, they're putting cup, you know, clients information, date of birth, social security number, stuff in that nature. Lean with cyber could lead to some pretty big size business. Cyber itself isn't, you know, isn't cheap depending on, depending on the risk. But I loved how he was just creative and different about, I'm not going to go in there and try to, you know, be the best commercial auto. Everybody tries to, you know, get cheap auto insurance rates. Nobody ever comes to you knocking on your door to talk to you about a data breach has happened and wants to run a risk analysis to make sure that your, you know, your, your client's information is safe. Run that analysis. Boom. Hey, I found a couple of things. If we tweak this, this, and this based off this analysis, you know, you're, you know, 25% less, less likely to have one of your clients part of, you know, be a victim of a data breach. Bingo. They're going to, eyes are going to perk up huge. 20% is huge. Yeah. 
I think it goes from trying to sell the product to find the solution. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you're not trying to sell cyber insurance solution. You're saying, hey, if we fix this in your website or we fix this on your back end, you know, that I'm not talking about insurance. So I think that's the interesting thing, especially and he does the same thing with comp. I mean, he's not fixing anything with no insurance, which by all means, I'm here to make your insurance cost less. That's the thing about insurance agents. We get paid more the higher the premiums go. So that's the one thing. The next thing I want to lead or to, to kind of end this thing with, and it was a short episode, but it's going to lead into some good conversations of new guests or some of some upcoming guests. Um, I wish I could get Marcus Sheridan on, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> It'll be tough. Um, but on the same token, being able to bounce some ideas off of other agents that were at that conference who might have seen or heard what we might have thought was the top five or top three things and narrowed those down to, um, you know, five or three or four specific things. Are those agents going to think the same as we are, you know, do they already implement that? Cause we weren't, you know, we're probably the youngest ones there obviously, but there was a lot of range of people, you know, mid thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. I mean, there was a wide range of variety of people and I'm just anxious to see how they perceive that information or what types of systems and stuff that they're using. Do they implement any of it? Is it working? Why is it working? Why is it not? Um, you know, and, and trying to help fine tune what those things are to help everybody else out there in the world. But the last thing I want to ask, I want to talk to you about, because we got to witness the um, crowning of the protege, <laughs> Mr. Derek Hayden, who yes, will be an episode coming up in three episodes. So you'll have, we'll have Derek on the show. Um, Derek won the protege, which is the, I think what America's first reality, uh, insurance, reality TV, insurance show. reality TV show hosted and started created by Mr. David Carruthers. Sean has been selected as one of the top 15. Top 15. I got to get to that draft. I got to build he's, my draft stock up. He's now part of a draft of 15 people. There's how many teams? Three or four? Uh, three teams. Three teams. Um, only 12 get to move on to the next segment. They have to go through the draft in order to get through that. So my biggest fear growing up was being the kid that didn't get picked at dodgeball. So... This is currently, um, this is make or break. So I will, uh, you know, hopefully you're looking at the the future uh, winner of the Protege Season 2, um, if all things go the way that I hope they do. Hopefully he gets drafted and he's one of the, one of, if he's if he's one of the three that doesn't, uh, I promise you I'll never have Sean Kirby back on the show. <laughs> I, I, um, that's, there's for a lot of reasons. I, I'll but, take care of part of that. <laughs> but... Um, We'll see if we can get Mr. Derek Hayden to uh to come out of his shell and, and, and draft draft a uh five tool stock rookie from Pendleton, Indiana. I'll shoot him a message. That'd be uh that'd be fun. But no, at the end of the day, Sean's doing great things. Sean has uh Sean has been one of the top fifteen guys for the protege. Uh I'm anxious to see how it goes. Sean's got a lot of uh a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of passion, uh, and he cares. I mean, the, the the care he has to make a difference, not just for himself, but for his family, his 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 true why uh, is amazing. And uh, dude, it's, it's yours to it's yours to win. I think I can't wait to see see how the results end up. You got to be the people's choice of the top three. So let's see what creativity you can uh, you can come up with as we we get closer to the start of that show. Hey, that's what I'm here for, brother. There is one last thing I wrote this down about halfway through. One of the things I have implemented out of BrainShare. This is true, and you know what it is, Mitch. So, Luis Leal. Oh, his, he's been turning up. He is my dude. He's he has a been dog on Facebook. So, one of the things that Luis, Luis, he's a San Antonian. So, he is from, he, that was his hometown. That was his base. He was showing us around town. Love Luis. One of the things he does, and they were talking about this, was the Facebook groups that they've created in their community in order to gain um, 
you know, kind of exposure within where they're at. He's in San Antonio, big metro area. Sure. I'm in Madison County. So one of the things Luis did and he told us about was uh, his dad's group. He created a group on Facebook, the dads of San Antonio. I was wondering why you started that. The I'm not dad- even going to lie. I was like, why did he start this? Because Luis. Makes sense. Luis, no offense. I, but I was still kind of confused why he did it, but that yeah. makes sense now. And I reached out to Luis and told him I was doing it. So he knows that I took, I, I gave him all the, all the shout outs in the world. I literally told the, took the guidelines from his group and used them in mine. But, um, so I started a, the dads of Madison County group and it's just dad sharing, you know, dad stuff about you know, dad supporting dad. So it's one of those things like my wife is in 15 moms groups. Mm-hmm. You don't, see dad's groups. Uh, you don't see dad's groups and they don't uh, comment much on my dad's group. So I'm still trying to find, you know, oh, the no. groove of it um, and trying to figure out how it works. But that is something that I have implemented because not because I think I'm going to get business out of it. I'm doing it because I enjoy it. I like dads. I need people to drink with. You know what I mean? I need friends. Um, and like I've told you a couple of times, Mitch, I want to see myself as a community connector and this is just another way. So that's my, my, my shtick. Um, that's who I am. Keep that's doing it. Keep follow me if if you're gonna if you're out there and you know what the protege is. If you don't look it up, the protege, um, David Crothers has done a great job with that and his team. Um, big big fans of that show, and uh, sooner or later you'll see Sean on there um, making things happen. He's got a really he kind of shared a little little bit of his plan. So if you're if you're one of those uh, lucky fifteen uh, selections, <laughs> watch out! I'm rooting for my boy Sean. So for this episode of the uh, MVP podcast. We will bounce back next week with some great content um, and dive into these topics a little bit more in depth. Uh, we're going to get Luis Leal on, it sounds like. Yes, to, to got to. I got to get got him to, on. Got to. Love Luis. Um, Derek Hayden's coming up here very soon, the previous winner of the Protégé. We'll see what we can do to bounce some ideas off of him and what he has implemented through the uh, process of being on the Protégé, uh, killing commercial, and also now you know just, just absolutely murdering it in the uh, commercial world. So, We'll join you next week. Can't wait. Sean Kirby, Mitch Gibson. We love you all and uh, have a phenomenal evening. Cash and checks breaking necks. Peace.